Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Prodigal Pod. Uh, this week this is our last week without a brand new episode to discuss. Uh, so we're going to look back at episode two, uh, titled Annihilator. Um, this one is really interesting to go back and watch these original episodes after you know, seeing where we're at this point in the series. Uh, a lot of uh, foreshadowing to what would come later on. Uh, and this episode in particular, a very interesting build on Martin and Malcolm's relationship. Um, they really dive deep into it in this one as far as how Martin has uh, affected Malcolm um, and causing his night terrors, uh, a lot of the anxiety he sees, the kind of PTSD symptoms we see him have, um, just a lot of uh, how he's really manipulated Malcolm uh, through his early life especially. And that's where this episode starts, is with uh, Malcolm having a flashback to the uh, infamous girl in the box. Uh, he opens the box, sees a body inside, has flashes of his parents kissing, uh, getting chloroformed. It's uh, kind of a, a flash of all kinds of different images of what he's seen in his sleep. Um, and then we see Gil kneel down in front of Malcolm, the young Malcolm. And uh, Malcolm asks him, where's the girl? And Gil says, we don't know, but we found other things. So the fact they said we don't know means there was a girl, right? Even though everybody says it was just his imagination or he's dreaming. Um, but that hints that there was somebody, which obviously later on with the whole Martin dream later in the season we find out. But said we found other things so i'm guessing that's probably the bracelet uh that we see later on as well um so very uh some big clues that were dropped there that would uh, come to fruition later in the series but eventually uh jessica calls malcolm and uh kind of a funny little thing she says morning sunshine when he answers the phone the same way he talks to his parakeet uh so i thought that was kind of a good hint at uh how he views uh, his bird but eventually he does agree to go have a meal uh, with his mother and then uh, we cut to the restaurant and Ainsley's there as well eventually she gets uh, her phone starts blowing up she gets calls and texts that uh, there's a quadruple homicide so of course that catches uh, Malcolm's attention right off the bat uh, his mom says nothing like a little murder to cheer you up uh, we know that's uh, the one thing Malcolm always uh, is looking for to, to occupy his mind and really kind of gets him through the day is a, a good old-fashioned murder so eventually Gil calls in Malcolm uh, for his assistance uh, and Malcolm says he was a little upset he didn't call him sooner but Gil said he had to get it cleared by the uh, higher-ups because uh, they weren't sure if they were going to allow him to come in but they were able to get it cleared uh, as soon as he shows up JT uh, <laughs> not very excited it seems oh hell no and Malcolm's like oh hell yes and he is uh thrilled to be there but we get a real early look at uh jt and danny both very uh wary of the serial killer's son uh working that closely with them on on these types of cases and then as they're investigating the murder uh we get a another good look at uh adresa and her awkwardness once she uh is around malcolm and once she realizes it was him that was there she gets all uh almost like 
giggly and schoolgirly around them is pretty uh, pretty funny. That's why a lot of people uh, want to see them together along with uh, Malcolm and Danny as well. There's uh, another group that wants Malcolm and Idrissa uh, to have something more uh, with how they interact together. Um, but while they're investigating and Malcolm is trying to build a profile, uh, he gets a call from his dad because um, his father has learned about the murders as well. Uh, he's watching Ainsley on the news, and he tells Malcolm, oh, you're there. Go stand behind your sister. I'm sure I'd be able to point you out. Uh, so it's another good look at Martin's humor uh, in the middle of uh, quadruple homicide. He still has a way to be funny about it. Um, eventually, he drops a line like father, like son, saying how he uh, is obsessed with murder the same way Martin is. And it's kind of a triggering phrase for Malcolm. He hangs up the phone immediately doesn't want to I don't know if it's that he doesn't want to believe or he doesn't doesn't want to face the facts that he is like his dad um I think deep down he knows he is in a lot of ways um but it's probably hard to face that fact with knowing what his father did and what his father became um which has brought up a lot of theories about that the girl in the box is Malcolm more like Martin than we realize uh, you know did Malcolm has something to do with the girl in the box. Was he more than just an innocent bystander? Um, obviously, he doesn't remember a lot of things, but you know, you never know if he uh, willingly or unwillingly uh, participated in a lot of uh, the things his father ended up doing. Uh, but once that phone call is over, uh, Adresa has cut the wire that had the uh, Aristos mouth sewn shut. Um, and lo and behold, he's filled with snakes. Uh, kind of a creepy sight to see these black mambas crawling out of the, the guy's mouth. Um, one eventually wraps its way around Idris's leg. But another fact we learned about Malcolm is that he had snakes when he was younger. So he is uh, confident in himself in handling them and is able to lure the snake uh, off of Idrisa and save the day yet again as she uh, ends up eventually passing out. And once they're back in the office, we get uh, kind of a glimpse at the underlying tension they have. Is JT is kind of giving Malcolm a lot of attitude. So Malcolm's like, you know what? We just got to get through this. So he's like, I'm Malcolm Bright, formerly Mar Malcolm Whitley. My father was a serial killer. He's like, what do you want to know? And he's like, was it weird? And Malcolm's like, yeah, kind of weird. And Danny gives a look like, is that's all you, all you got, JT? Um, but it was good to Malcolm that he stood up to him and kind of made it, you know, water under the bridge. They finally got through it to take that next step. So it's not so much, uh, harshness between them, uh, every time they see each other. Uh, but eventually they do figure out that there could be another family member, um, with the victims that could have done this. They do find there's an estranged son, Liam. Uh, they hunt him down at a warehouse uh, chase him inside he takes off running it seems like uh, he might be the the killer behind all of this um, and it looks like he uh, imports and exports uh, rare exotic animals There's all kinds of uh, like jaguars and snakes and everything in there and he throws a snake at Malcolm uh, to distract him and knock him down so he can take off and as Danny comes in and finds him he stands up and there's a snake just dangling off his arm and he's like, oh, no, it's fine. It, it's probably just and passes out. Uh, clearly 
poisoned by the snake. Um, and then we cut to him in the hospital. They tried to sedate him with the medication they gave him, but he wakes up uh, in a panic because he has to be able to wake up. He doesn't want to feel trapped in his dreams. Anytime he is having a dream or nightmare, I guess they'd be in his case. Uh, if he doesn't have the ability to wake up, then he feels trapped because it's uh, kind of a hor horrific place to be with the different things he sees in his sleep. So Ainsley comes in. Uh, she's his emergency contact. Um, goes to give him his phone. Sees 17 missed calls. She's like, who's calling you that much? And then she kind of figures it out like, oh, it's probably dad with all the night terrors and problems you've been having. Um so she starts listening to the voicemails and it's Martin over and over again. Um, so she gets angry and, you know, Malcolm tells her that, you know, their mom can't find out about it because she would, she would lose it if uh, she knew he was going to see and talk to his father like that. But uh, Malcolm does go back to visit Martin again. He wants to know more answers about the girl in the box. Um, Martin says it's not real, you were dreaming. Malcolm clearly doesn't believe him. Um, but they get on the topic of killing people out of love, like how if you loved your family, how could you kill them? Um, and Martin says he wasn't driven by love to kill. And uh, it kind of gets the wheel spinning in Malcolm's head where he figures out there's no way Liam could have done it because he didn't care about his family enough to kill them, as oddly twisted as that sounds. Um, that the driving force behind this family annihilator is love. That's the, that gives them the passion enough to, to go to those lengths. So Malcolm knows Liam isn't our guy, um, but they just found Liam dead of apparent suicide. He jumped off uh, top of a building. I'm guessing because of the, uh, stress, uh, knowing his family's dead and uh, is about to be arrested with uh, all this illegal animal trading he's doing. Um, but Malcolm tries to convince Gil, like, this isn't the guy. We still need to find the person who murdered him. Um, and he says the NYPD wants to wrap up the case and just kind of get rid of it. Um, but Malcolm wants to continue and he was able, Danny was able to come back and find that uh, there were a lot of payments being made, some checks being written, so they think that could definitely be a lead. Um, so Gil says, all right, go talk to the lawyer, see who was getting the money, and maybe we'll, uh, you know, if we can find something quick, we can keep the case open and actually solve this. Uh, once they, Danny and Malcolm, go to meet with the lawyer again, um, obviously things feel a little fishy you can tell something's a little off um malcolm can tell pretty quickly that uh something something isn't sitting right uh with this guy um and the way he's talking about aristos and getting very defensive you can see that he has that sort of love that the family annihilator profile would have so he tells danny that he fits the profile um and once he gets very defensive over Aristos and his family, um, Danny kind of reaches for a gun because she knows what's probably about to go down. Um, turns out uh, he has already poisoned himself and his family so that they never have to find out uh, what he's done and who he is and, and that sort of thing. Um, 
the family passes out, the the guy passes out, they're all on the verge of dying. But Malcolm remembers what uh, poison he used as far as it stopping the heart uh, and how he killed uh, Aristos and, and the rest of the family. Um, so they are able to get the medical kit out of Danny's car and uh, kind of give the the heart a bit of a, a boost, a, a jump start kind of thing. Um, and they're able to just in time save the, the daughters, the the wife, the mom, um, and, uh, the lawyer, he's about, uh, about on the brink of death when Malcolm is going to administer the shot. And he says, uh, I don't want to live, like, don't do it. And Malcolm's like, I know. And gives him the shot anyway, because he knows the, the greater punishment is being forced to live with what he's done rather than just letting him die and kind of get out of it scot-free in a way. So after another uh, successful case being solved, uh, Gil and Malcolm uh, have a little celebratory drink together. Um, hits Malcolm a little bit hard with the uh, drugs he was administered in the hospital earlier, so uh, he's not quite uh, in any capacity to take himself home. So Danny takes him home and gets her first look at uh, Malcolm's private life, the all the blades and blunt objects he has uh, on display. Um sees the bird he's like uh it's a parakeet don't make it weird um i'd say the uh, having a bird is the least weird thing about uh malcolm's lifestyle though quite honestly um she sees the restraints on his bed um says this is how you sleep he's like uh, who says i sleep because obviously we know his uh his problems with uh actually getting any real rest um and she asks like how do you like, what if you have somebody over? He's like, I've never slept with anyone. And he realizes how that sounds. It's like, no, I mean, I've had, I've had sex. I've had plenty of sex, which is just making things even weirder with her there. Um, and then kind of a, kind of a weird moment where she helps him restrain himself into bed because his little uh, hand-eye coordination isn't quite uh, on point with uh, the alcohol he's had. Um, so kind of a kind of a funny moment there where she's helping time down for the night and uh causes him to have a bit of a flashback uh to his parents tucking him in um after he'd seen the girl in the box so he got back to another flashback of that um more visions of what happened exactly after he he thought he saw or did see the girl in the box he remembers his mom coming into the room and uh Martin says, oh, he was just sleepwalking and, you know, he probably won't even remember it in the morning. Um, says that uh, Malcolm was in his quote-unquote hobby room. Uh, quite a hobby Martin has, as we know, of course. Um, but as Jessica's leaving, uh, Malcolm's hand reaches up like he's trying to call out for his mom because it kind of giving the indication that he knows he needs help because his dad probably already chloroformed him once uh after he caught him down there um and now is trying to silence him in a way um but martin covers it up and just holds his hand like he's making him wave good night um and then proceeds to drug him again trying to make sure that if he does remember anything he can convince him that it was a dream and not real and that nothing actually happened so after having this vision Malcolm yet again goes to visit Martin one more time because he wants more answers about this mysterious girl in the box. Um, 
and Martin kind of warns him, like, this isn't a road you want to go down. Because he's like, if there's missing time that you say there is, how much time is missing? If you didn't call the cops right after you found her, how long until you did call the cops? Was it a few days? Was it weeks? Was it months? Why can't you remember how much time was in between there? Um, but Martin, uh, well, Malcolm says that he's going to find out anyway. And Martin's like, well, good for you after he's already walked out. And then uh, as it ends, we see the guard who's always in there with Martin uh, places a phone call. And lo and behold, it's to Jessica. And uh, he lets her know that Malcolm came to visit Martin. And obviously, as we all knew was going to happen, she is not very happy at all. Slams her phone to the ground, shatters it into tons of pieces. Um, but that's where it leaves us off. So we know now that... Uh, the whole family has found out that Malcolm is visiting his father in prison. Um, nobody's too happy about it, but obviously we know Malcolm wants answers. And hopefully uh, with new episodes coming back next week, we will get some more answers. Um, really excited to see uh, what's going to happen next, what are the, what new twists we're going to see. Um and uh there you know there's always new stuff around the corner with every episode they never cease to to surprise us with what they have in store but that will wrap it up for this week's pod so we will be back next week to talk about the all new brand new episode uh so super excited for that can't wait to talk about it with you guys and uh we will be back then have a great week <laughs>